Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Dave Suter from the Tribune Democrat here, and we're talking with Steve Berlin from Los Lobos, the headliner act of this year's Ameriserve Flood City Music Festival that will be in town on August 4th and 5th. Uh, we're thankful Steve's taking some time to talk with us today about his music, his career, and what fans can expect when they come to see the band here in Johnstown in a couple weeks. Uh, welcome, Steve. My pleasure. Yeah, just talk a little about, you know, you guys are headlining the uh, festival here again. Uh, you, you were here in 2010. Talk about what people come expect whenever they come see Los Lobos here at the festival. Um, well, I wish I knew. <laughs> uh, in, all, in all seriousness, uh, I, I, what I would assume, because it's, uh, it's our 15th anniversary, is that we're probably going to be playing, oh, I don't know, trying to somehow or another encapsulate 50 years into 90 minutes, I guess. So. Um, seems impossible, uh, but we'll try and touch on, I would think, every uh, iteration, every era, I guess, of, of our band, like from the folkloric, the, you know, the, the start where we're just playing folkloric Mexican music to, you know, today, basically, um, and hopefully a lot of stops in between. Can you talk about that longevity? I mean, almost no band makes it. I mean, a lot of bands barely make it a couple of years or anything like that. You guys have made it a half century. How you know how do how do would you credit that longevity to and just your ability to constantly evolve and bring in different elements and use those different elements to to keep your sound just constantly changing? Well, honestly, I have to say, good luck is an enormous part of it. You know, I mean, that's you know, we've just been extraordinarily lucky to um, you know know. Nobody's gotten, you know, hardly sick or, you know, and other things like um, depends our age. You know, we, we, we're all in, I would say, somewhat resembling good health. So we've, we've been really, really lucky with that. Um, and, uh, you know, besides that, you know, I think well, I have to say, like, one of the things I think that's made us, that's allowed us to sort of be this way, you know, like to, to put in this, you know, to be 50 years old was... You know, I, I mean, I will not compare us to the Beatles in any other respect that um, <laughs> there was like seven years or so where nobody knew anything about us. Like the band was literally invisible outside of East L.A. And a few um, University of Davis would, you know, like we had a friend who was the head of Chicano Studies up there. So we would play up there and we would play in Santa Cruz. But outside of those places, nobody really knew or cared or, you know, was paying any attention to us. So we got to sort of grow up if you will, um, outside of the, the limelight, you know, and sort of like the Beatles, you know, going to Hamburg and playing for three years and no one really knows or cares about them. And that kind of experience is, you know, that's, that's how you, you know, you, you build relationships and you build trust and you build sort of a structural uh, integrity that, um, you know, I would think any other band that starts, you know, I mean, it's, it's the one thing everybody's trying to get into the limelight, you know, from their first, first thought that pops into their head now so it's not like you get really get a chance to grow up or or you know experiment or you know do the kind of things that sort of put you in good stead 20 30 40 years down the line so we we were able to do a lot of that stuff outside of the limelight <clears throat> when we had a measure of success i mean i can't say it didn't go to our heads of course it will go to our heads to a certain extent but at least we had the the uh the 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 knowledge that, you know, we could always go back to where we started in many respects that, you know, we have gone back to where we started a number of times through our career, just, you know, for artistic reasons or, uh, you know, just the way of the world. So um, I think that that's a 
probably, I would think, a big part of it. And I think one other part of it was, I mean, not myself, but everybody else in the band had families even before we started. Like, they were all fathers, like, right right at the very, very beginning. So <clears throat> we never... Um, we never really toured like, you know, you hear about some bands, you know, you see the tour, the t-shirts and there's like three months of nonstop dates. Uh, we've never done that because, you know, we sort of always had to keep the home fires burning, if you will. So we, uh, you know, we would always go home after, you know, usually like two or three weeks was max for any tour just because the households were going falling apart after two and a half weeks. So, uh, that's another good way to keep your wits about you, like not to not, you know, look at an unending stream of dates. Like I have friends that, you know, move out of their apartments or whatever. And they don't live anywhere for three or four months because they're on the road the whole time. Um, we never done that. Yeah. Well, talk about uh, your beginnings in music. How, you know, from the first time you started learning how to play instruments until, you know, you started realizing this is something you wanted to do and that you could kind of do this professionally. Well, I think, you know, everybody in the band, we were all, you know, born in the fifties. So we were coming of age in the, the late sixties with, you know, Jimi Hendrix and of course the Beatles and cream. And, um, you know, that those, you know, where music and I guess what we'll call a counterculture was kind of all the rage. So we were, uh, you know, we were a little bit young, but, uh, kind of like red called caught up in it. So of course in that era, all you ever wanted to do was be in a band. I mean, that's everything you know, like that's, I, I don't, that was all of our shared experiences. I grew up in Philadelphia. They grew up, they grew up in East LA, but we we're all, you know, we couldn't wait to join our first band. So um, I was a, a drummer at first. And me and my best friend, uh, Rick, who's still my best friend, um, we were both drummers and there was one band in our neighborhood that, you know, was sort of like, that's all we aspired to do. And, um, it came down to me or him and they picked him. So I wasn't about to, you know, not join that party. So I decided um, I was going to play flute. So I was a big fan of Jethro Tull. And, um, then, uh, that became saxophones. And then, um, I sort of found my, my place and, uh, kept at it. And, um, eventually found my way to LA where, um, I met the guys and, uh, you know, that's sort of how I, how I became a Lobo, basically. Um, but, uh, you know, we were all, I mean, that was one of the things when we first met was, you know, we could have not come from different cultures, more different cultures. I, I certainly had quite literally zero exposure to any Latin music of any kind growing up in Philly. That era, there was no, there was no Latin culture in Philadelphia at that time that I was aware of, certainly. But we had virtually identical musical experiences. You know, all of us, kind of growing up worshiping the same bands, hating the same bands. So there was like a, you know, there was a thread there, like that was surprising to all of us, really. I mean, they, they were, and they were way, you know, super aware of like Philly soul that I was, you know, that a lot of my friends were part of, I was certainly too young for that, but you know, a lot of the people that I knew were playing on those records and those were, you know, very important records to those guys as well. So it was, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting commonality that became, you know, a shared, you know, share experience with the band. With the band members, when you guys are recording and playing live and everything, talk about how those different sounds are blended together, everything from the, the folk music to punk and everything in between, you know, and you, you, know, you touch on the classic, classic rock, the country, just everything, all those sounds working together. How does that come about for you guys? 
Well, you know, at one point, um, like the first two or three records after I joined, like Full um, Will Survive and By Light of the Moon, I, you know, we were sort of keeping all those um, influences into uh, sort of specific song ideas. Like we would do a, like our notion of a country song or our notion of a, you know, Zydeco song or something like that. I mean, clearly, you know, we were interpreting the music that inspired us, but, you know, we were sort of in this place where, you know, well, let's, let's try one of, you know, like we were, let's try Clifton Schneer's song. Let's try, a, you know, that was our, our mindset. Um, uh, and then I think, you know, Kiko was the place, the time where we kind of, um, realized that we had no real reason to keep those influences separate. Like we couldn't mix them and match them and use, um, you know, use them, use them all, um, <laughs> and try and find our own, literally our own, uh, palette, um, using those, all these influences and all this, like, you know, all the, certainly the, the Latin instruments, the, and the rhythms that we were sort of like been parochial about, we stopped being appropriate about, we, we said, you know, well, let's just throw it all into a pot and see what pops out. So, um, so there's no real like mentation behind like how we use those. Like, you know, it just sometimes we'll, as we're working on a song, like somebody will have an idea of, well, let's try this groove or let's try this chord progression or, you know, like we're just, you know, we're just experimenting all the time with everything we, we do basically. So, um, it's not like, uh, you know, it just kind of, the ideas just come from everywhere. And, you know, we, we certainly don't try to um, pigeonhole anything. You know, we're, we're the, I think the, the songs and the, the ideas that are the most rewarding, the most rewarding are the ones where we've combined like fairly unusual and disparate things into something that sounds pretty cool and new. Now that also shows up in the session work and the production that you do. Just going through the list here, for folks who don't know, you've in some way worked with so many talented musicians, R.E.M., Cheryl Crow, the Dixie Chicks, Willie Nelson, Mavis Staples, uh, Faith No More, Green Sky Bluegrass, the the Buckwheat Sadika, the list goes on. You know, in all that experience, are there some that stand out? And were there any that when you were just starting and, and kind of getting going in the industry that you worked with a person, you're like, wow, that just happened. You're like, that was somebody like that I've listened to and I just had this opportunity to work with them and it was really cool. Oh man. Um, yeah, that's happened. We, you know, we've been lucky enough to have that happen a number of times. Um, you know, the, the, the ride, you know, our 30th anniversary record, that was sort of the point of that record was like finding and asking our heroes to join us. So, you know, that whole record was one, you know, amazing, <laughs> mind-boggling experience after another from you know Bobby Womack and Richard Thompson, Ruben Blades, David Staples, Elvis, uh, Tom Waits. I mean, it was just one remarkable uh, experience after another. Um, and I would say, you know, like that's kind of like our, you know, like one of the coolest things about sticking around for as long as we stuck around for is that, you know, eventually, you know, we get to meet and, and, you know, some cases work with, but not, you know, sometimes just get to know our, our heroes and, you know, being able to call Elvis or Tom Waits or, you know, people like that. I still can't quite believe that it's <laughs> every once in a while, like, wow, it's, I'm really talking to this guy. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's part of the, the, I don't know, the, the joy of, uh, of doing this and, you know, being in this band is that we, you know, we're, we have, our heroes are now our friends in a lot of cases. And that's, that's always gratifying to say the least. 
Now, there's one person I purposely didn't leave off the general list there because I want to ask about them specifically. You've worked with you worked with John Lee Hooker. What what was that like to yeah. to to just be there working with him, just hearing him play, uh, hearing him was, do his thing? That was amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was a couple. I mean, it was, it was you know he we at that point we had the same uh, manager, so we had known you know we'd known him for a while. Like we you know like. I can't say we'd like hung out, but you know, we'd, we'd been in the same place together. And then um, it was, I think the healer was the name of the record. So then, you know, like, I guess he was collaborating with a lot of different people and um, you know, it was just sort of, he was, you know, I, we, I mean, we didn't really know him well, I'd say until that day. Like that was like the one time we really got to hang out with him. And he's, you know, I mean, you don't really get that from like seeing him sing, but he's a really funny guy. I mean, he was, he was cracking us up. I mean, I just remember laughing most of the day just because it was so unexpected that he was like, he was, he was really funny. Um, and it was, uh, I don't know, just really, uh, it was just amazing to, to be in the same space, making music with a guy like that, just hearing that voice and, um, you know, watching him do what he did and, you know, trying to, you know, of course, you know, following him was, was no easy task. You know, he, he didn't really care about bar lines or, or, you know, metric unity or any of that stuff. So we were, I mean, it wasn't a struggle. I, we we kind of we found a, a cool place, so we you know we were able to communicate, I think, fairly well. But it was just a you know like just absolutely unique, and that was like I think early on that was before the ride. It was before a lot of stuff, so that was really one of the first times we were in a recording studio with, uh, you know, with our hero making a record together. That was it was just very I just felt very special and rewarding and joyous and like i said it was just a blast to be around it was just really fun kind of time back into festivals here when you're going to be in town uh, you know, it, it, i might be wrong on this might just be my perspective but at least how things were here you know 20 30 years ago there weren't so many festivals and i think it's a great thing that there are you know how, how what is like for you guys to play the festival kind of scenes where people you're, you're probably getting a mix of people who are big fans and others who know you a little bit or others who don't know you and your new experience you know what's it like to have that kind of a mix in an audience and do you think it i mean i i think it's very good that there's been in at least my opinion like this growth of festivals and different types throughout the country how's your experience been with that over the years also Oh, we, I, you know, for me anyway, I really, really look forward to them. I mean, it's just, it's, um, you know, I get to see people I probably wouldn't, you know, try to see uh, if it was just, you know, they're playing in my town or anything like that. So I always try to get out and, you know, I'll go early just to sort of see what I can see. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, I've learned a lot. Of, I've met a lot of cool people and seen a lot of really cool bands just by wandering around those festivals and checking stuff out. Um, so it's, uh, I, I really, really enjoy it. You know, we're about to, we're leaving, I leave tomorrow. We're going to be at the Jazz and Heritage Festival in New Orleans. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, then we'll be in Memphis doing a festival there. So it's, uh, uh, it's always, uh, you know, almost always it's, it's, it's really fun. I mean, <laughs> we've been, a, you know, we've done a few that were very poorly organized and, you know, we're, it's mm-hmm. just a miracle that they were able to actually get the thing up and, you know, we we're on stage and playing because sometimes mm-hmm. they, We've been at some really, really amateurishly run ones, but even those are fun, you know, just because, you know, if you have the right attitude, it's still, well, as long as nobody dies, it's it's actually fun. <laughs> uh, so, 
but uh i you know it's and it's like the ones i really you know we haven't done one in a while but the european festivals are fun just because they don't really they'll just you know it'll be like metal and then you know somebody from cuba and somebody from africa and then some other than us and that you know like they don't they don't have rules i mean that, a lot of the festivals here now don't really have rules either but like there there's really no rules so you get to really see um some cool stuff that a lot of times doesn't don't they don't ever make it to america so uh yeah it's a blast um i uh i'm looking forward to to yours and and you know we, we're hitting a few of them this summer actually it looks like we're going to be playing with willie nelson later in the summer as well that'll be fun so yeah they're he, they're, they're almost always enjoyable i see willie nelson's turning 90 this year i guess the big show at the hollywood bowl with uh, i think neil young and snoop dogg are there from what i remember yeah right there you go yeah. that's what i'm talking about hey well, Steve, is there anything else you'd like to talk about um, from festivals to Johnstown to your career or anything here? You know, the only thing I would say as a as an end piece is just how um, grateful I am for this career and this life and this band. I mean, we're, we're the luckiest guys in the world. We get to do what we want to do and play with the people we want to play with and make the music we want to make. And it's just, you know, feel kind of blessed to not a lot of people can say that. So um, I try never to to never lose sight of how um, remarkable that that is. It's a great thought to end on. Thank you so much, Steve, for sitting down and talking with us today. Everybody, this is Steve Berlin from Los Lobos, the band that is going to headline the Amerisurf Flood City Music Festival here in Johnstown on August 4th and 5th. Uh, check back here with the Tribune Democrat. Read your hometown newspaper. We'll have more information, some stories about this as the festival comes up. And uh, thanks again, Steve. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you.